Hey everyone, I'm Maria Sansone and welcome to another edition of Mom to Mom, the podcast. I'm so glad you're here today. I have such a exciting guest for you to meet today. I just fell in love with her immediately. She's so full of life and wisdom and experience. Um, And we're talking about something that I feel like a lot of us can relate to. So today we're talking about relationships, specifically with our partners. Such an important connection that we should be fostering and building and working on. But when you have kids, this particular relationship tends to get push down to the bottom of the priority list. But my guest today is going to tell us that it doesn't have to, and it really shouldn't. So today I'm going to be talking to Kadeen Ellis. Her and her husband, DeVale, have been together for 20 years. They've been married for 12. You may recognize them from shows like Tyler Perry's Sisters of Black Love. They have a social sitcom on YouTube and Facebook with their adorable family. They are parents to four boys, you guys. So they are in the trenches. They host an award-winning podcast, and they've just released their very first book, which is now a New York Times bestseller. It's called We Over Me, The Counterintuitive Approach to Getting Everything You Want from Your Relationship. So today, I'm going to sit down with Kadeen Ellis and dig into this concept of We Over Me. Kadeen, welcome to Mom to Mom. How are you? I am so happy for some girl time. Let me tell you that much because I have been in the trenches for the past couple of days. My husband left to go to Canada to film on Sunday. So literally, it's just been me, the boys. Thank goodness for my parents helping oh my me gosh. to hold support because it has been nonstop. So thank you for having me, Maria. Oh, I'm so <laughs> happy for a little girl, girl time. That's how I see this, too. It's like a half an oh, hour. Cool. My phone is off. Like, no one can Perfect. reach me. We can just Thanks. shoot the breeze. Um, I love that. But I can't bury the lead. I have to congratulate you because We Over Me, your book, is on the New York Times bestseller. Girl, can you even believe that? I mean, we have literally been on a whirlwind. I was just telling my PR, I was like, since the year started, it's been nonstop, but all amazing things. Um, thank goodness for my concealer this morning, <laughs> or this afternoon rather, because I have been exhausted, but in the best way possible. So thank you for that. It's been a dream. Well, anyone who writes a book, I mean, you dream that it would be on a bestseller list. Sure. But did you ever really think that it was going to reach the masses in the way and that people were going to respond in the way that they have? Not in the least, to be quite honest. And you know what it is for me? I think it's because we do so much of our content, like the podcast, for example, from our home, or you just produce content from your phone and then you put it into the abyss and then you let it go. And you never really get to see that tangible, um, I guess, support or connection that you have to people sometimes. So the fact that people were out there actually purchasing hard copies, which is another feat, you know, people aren't buying books like that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of it's audible or, you know, they'll catch little clips and stuff online. But the fact that people actually got out there and purchased hard copies, I mean, it's been more than we've ever dreamed of. So thank you so much to everyone who's purchased the copy for themselves, a friend, a couple. It's been great. There is something about that medium, though, that I think is still so special. And you you hit it, tangible. For me, too. I wrote my first book. And working in television and working as a content creator for years and years, as you have, Like you Mm -hmm. said, it's here today, it's gone in the abyss, especially with live TV. Like you do it and then boom, it's gone. So to have something that's tangible, that you can pass down, that people can hold and read and put on their shelf, it's really special. 
So exciting. It really is. You hit the nail on the head with that one. Cause I said to my husband, I'm envisioning like years from now, my great, great grandchildren having yeah. the copy of the book and seeing like, oh my goodness, this is my family. We are the ancestors, <laughs> you know, in that case. And they'll actually have the book in black and white. It's amazing. So did you get in your head at all? Because if you do think about that, you're thinking every word I write is living on forever. And do I want to share everything? Cause you were very vulnerable in the book too. Absolutely. There was a lot of back and forth in the entire process because again, it's a co-author, right? So my husband and I wrote it together. So we had to really sit and flesh out over the course of 20 years together, what we were going to include, what we wanted the audience to take away from the book, um, not wanting it to just be focused on people who were in relationships or aspired to marriage, but also people who were single or didn't know if they wanted to be married. So it was a very, very delicate situation for us to really flesh out what we wanted to include, what we didn't want to include. And then I, I think out of the two of us, never wanted to be quite finished, you know, yeah. with every. I'm like, but I can add this. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, got away. Like, I just never felt like it was finished. And even when it went to print, I feel, I feel like now to this day, I can still grab oh, it yeah. and say, yeah, add more and stuff like that. It's like art. It's never ending. You well, know, so that is why there are deadlines. And what I didn't realize until I had a publisher is there's also a lot of fake deadlines because people like <laughs> us, we would keep going. Three years is not enough. I'm like, oh, I, I could add this and I could add that. And then you, it, it just at some point, someone has to just take it from you and it's That's over. it. <laughs> they literally had to do that. My manager was like, Kadeen, let it go. You're going to drive yourself crazy. Go. We had a couple people who read it before it went to print. They were amazed by it. They loved the story. We kind of uh, dubbed it our Brooklyn love story. So people just totally got the point, which is amazing. And I'm so happy that they did because leave it to me. I'd have been a nervous wreck the entire time. <laughs> I know it. So this is all about you and your husband and your relationship. And I was excited because he was going to be here, but he's got to work today. So it, like you said, it's girl yeah. time. But I want to talk uh -huh. about you guys a little bit. And, you know, yeah. like I said, 20 years is a long time in, in any in any context, but especially when you're in the industry and all that. Um, how did you guys meet? And when did you know it was like for real? Girl, I knew off the bat. So Deval and I actually, we date back to elementary school days. Oh. We went to the same elementary school, but he ended up leaving in like the second grade. And throughout the course of our lives between elementary school and high school, we always kind of crossed paths. Like we had similar mutual friends. We later learned that we lived seven blocks away from each other the entire time. Like we had so many similarities. I remember seeing him in haagen at King's Plaza Shopping Mall in Brooklyn when he was in high school. And my cousin and I would go to the mall frequently and we'd see him, you know, in the distance, but me being shy, I would be like, you know, I just don't have the courage to say anything to him. And she's like, don't say anything to him. Just go and buy ice cream. Maybe that'll hit things off and break the ice, you know? So, um, it wasn't until we actually went to a scholarship banquet together. I was working as a co-host for the event. I had just won a pageant. So they asked me to come back and co-host the event and he was receiving a scholarship. So I saw him on the list of honorees and I said, you know what, girl, this is your moment to shoot your shot, right? <laughs> and I tell all my girlfriends that now. I'm like, listen, gone are the days where you're sitting back like, oh my God, I'm a damsel in distress. Someone come save me. No, shoot your shot. You see someone that you're interested in, what's the worst you can do but other than saying hi? Mm -hmm. Either they're interested or they're not, right? So I, I approached him at the event and we actually hit it off, had great conversation that day. Um, and I'll tell you how old we are at this point. Um, I had to take his program booklet from him and write my phone number down because there were no like iPhones where I could oh, bump and get yeah. your contact or give him an Instagram to like, keep in touch. 
So at the end of the night, I feel like he was playing a little hard to get. And um, I was like, you know, you're not going to ask for my phone number. Like, I thought that was strange. So I said, you know what? I'm going to write my number down for you and give me a call. There you go. There we go. And then the rest is pretty much history. We, we reconnected. That was in August. We connected again in October. Um, and that's when he had just started his first semester at Hofstra University. I was actually transferring in the spring. And I knew within like two weeks of dating him that I was like in love. I actually told him after two weeks that I loved him. Ooh. It was the most awkward thing Risky ever. little game. But it worked <laughs> yeah. out. And you missed 100% of the shots you don't take. So take your shot. Take your shot. You and real quick, because we got to take a break, but I'll tell you how old I am. My husband uh -huh. and I met when we were 18. So we've been together uh -huh. a long time. When we were dating, I had to call his parents' house. <laughs> like, oh, the landline. <laughs> I mean, we went to college together, so I'd see him. But if I had to call him over Same. break or something, I was calling his parents' house. Is Josh home? I've been there, girl. <laughs> yeah. I've been there. I've been there. Hey, I want to let you know about this amazing initiative that we are doing with Supporting Our Schools. It's our year-round donation and supply drive. We deliver hundreds and thousands of dollars in supplies to schools in need all across New England. Our partners at Donors Choose have identified some specific projects that you can help fund. So please help us out. And to learn more, go to NBCBoston.com schools. Now you have this fabulous book that you've co-written together with your husband called We Over Me. It's on the bestseller list. People are loving it. Um, and even in the name, uh, the, the subtitle, you say it's unconventional. And yes. that's immediately when I thought, when I, when I saw this, because typically as a mom, it's mm -hmm. all about the kids. And then, mm -hmm. you know, when you, you dig deep and you talk to people in the know and therapists and experts, they always say, right, put your mask on first, like they do on the airplane as yes. a mom, right? If you're struggling, like you put your mask on first, because if this goes down, the whole ship goes down. So to see a book that's about we over me does feel a little unconventional. So tell us the genesis of this. Yeah, for sure. Um, in so many ways over the course of our relationships, particularly when we transitioned into becoming parents, my husband and I realized that first and foremost, we weren't necessarily locked into what we needed from each other. We were trying to uphold whatever we saw from either relationships around us or society standards of what it meant to be a married couple. And instead of really just looking to each other and looking within to say, what does my partner actually need? And when we started doing more of that, we realized that the, the cohesion that we lacked early in our marriage was starting to kind of make sense now. We're like, okay, so now I know you need this. If I'm able to deliver this to you, then you'd be more inclined to want to reciprocate that. Mm -hmm. So the reciprocity element I think was missing for a large portion of our marriage because we really weren't tapped into what we needed from each other. And then now you add four children to the mix <laughs> and we have a chapter called the kids ain't first. And we got a little backlash from that because people were like, how can you not put your children first within a family unit? But what my husband and I realized is that if we weren't on the same page, everything else sinks around us. If we weren't happy, if the energy was off in our home, um, if we were struggling with just the stresses of life and work and juggling and balance, nothing else 
state of float. And the children are the first ones to suffer because they're the ones that, of course, are in the home with you day in, day out. They feel that energy. They feed off of it. And sometimes children internalize that. You know, I may be in a disagreement with my husband and then it in turn makes me short with the children or, you know, I'm not as um, affectionate maybe in a moment with them, which has nothing to do with them and everything to do with an adult situation. Mm -hmm. So that's why we said it was very important for us um, in this counterintuitive approach when it comes to marriage and parenting to really put each other first. So that way, when we're a good unit, then the children will naturally feel that energy. Yeah. I mean, I could see the backlash because people are like, oh, if you're prioritizing your partner, that mm -hmm. somehow the kids are getting neglected. And that's right. not the case. You're prioritizing, but the kids are on the list. They are, they're there, right, on this priority yeah. list. So kind of play oh, it yeah. out. So what does that look like? So what does that look like to have your partner be the priority and not the kids? You know, for us, for example, my husband can see like when I'm ready to tap out, like if it's just been one of those days where I have too many things going on, there's work deadlines, content to be done, podcasts to be recorded. You know, I've barely slept the night before because as we even stand right now, my 16 month old is teething and he'll look at me and he'll say, you know what, Kadeen, like I want to need to tag you out and tag myself in, you know? And it's literally become who's better equipped in that moment to deal with a particular situation, particularly with the kids, because we're most sensitive to the kids. And I've also realized too, that some things can wait. You know, we live in a society now in a world where instant gratification is what people expect. You know, having your phone handy, it's like, I need to answer this right away. And we have conditioned people to believe that they have to have that instant access to you. So I've taken the approach where a part of my self-care, if you will, or a boundary that I've set is where I've trained people to say, you know what, Kadeen may not reply right away because she may be doing a thousand other things. And at the top of that list will be my husband and children. And she'll have to get back to me at her earliest convenience. Mm. You know, it's literally become that for me. So that's how my husband and I see it. It's like, Who's better equipped in that moment? Does someone need to be tagged in? I mean, for goodness sake, my husband moved his in-laws in. My parents live with us full time and not many men will sign up to moving their in-laws in. You know what I'm saying? So my parents are retired and they're our saving grace. They're literally our village. We lean on them so much for support and for assistance with the kids. And if we're not there with the children in that moment, there's no better person or people to care for them other than parents, right? Our parents. I feel out. like you must be very good communicators because in order for him to understand when you need to tap out, like you've had to have those discussions. I find that what ends up happening and for a lot of people, and I've been doing the show a long time and we talk a lot like this and what happens is we get frustrated in a moment and that's when we wait to be like, you don't help, you don't this or that. And it's obviously not the time when we're all escalated and feelings are crazy. So I feel like you must be very good as a couple about communicating throughout when things Maria, aren't cuckoo, <laughs> just when it's oh, warm. Maria, yeah. you hit the nail on the head with that one because over the years we've learned that if things fester and you don't see it and say it in that moment, like we have that policy at home, see it and say it with each other, with the children. If something you know goes awry in that moment or there's a disagreement in the moment, we don't like for things to fester. It's let's talk about it in real time, come to some sort of either agreement, compromise, agree to disagree, whatever that looks like. We don't want to wait for that moment that you just explode because yeah. it's just, been, you know, the pylon after a while. 
we say, I think even in our book where we've said it in interviews that marriage is literally for us one ongoing conversation. Like we literally touch base about everything all the time. We even had a little disagreement last night because I was trying to um, get him to watch his show Zatima on BET Plus, but he couldn't get it in Canada. So I set the, the laptop up so he can watch it from the TV screen and I dozed off you know, towards the end of the episode. And he was like, this is the time that we get to spend together and I'm in Canada and you're at home and I can't believe you fell asleep on me. And I'm like, are you really going to go there? Like I've been doing a teething baby, basketball practices, school, mystery reader. I, I've been doing all the things that I'm catching up on because we were so busy working the first quarter of the year that I know you're not going to argue with me right now about falling asleep, bro. Right. You know? and like, that's that's real though. So that's much. funny. I used yeah. to call that like, what did I call that? Like binge and fidelity or binge cheating or something when we would be watching a show together and that was our thing and then I would be out working or something and he would watch two or three episodes and we get all to sync I'm like dude you're like right. that's cheating right I'm trying to include you in watching the show and you're just and he's like you're falling asleep on me and I'm like bro like and then it boiled down to him just saying, ultimately, listen, I just miss you guys so much. Like, I'm here by myself. Yes, I'm living my dream. I'm a working actor, but I just miss my family. And this is, like, closest that I feel like I have during FaceTime with you, and you're falling asleep. I'm like, well, you have to give me grace, bro, because I literally have not been sleeping for the past four days since you left, <laughs> you know? Hey, have you subscribed for the Hubbub newsletter yet? It is full of recipes, behind-the-scenes scoop, exclusive content that you're not going to see anywhere else, not even on the show. So go to NBCBoston.com newsletter, drop your email, and you'll receive our newsletter every Wednesday. How old are the kids right now? So we have four boys. Jackson will be 12 in two weeks. Uh, Cairo, six. Kaz five and baby Dakota is 16 months. Damn. Hands full, lots of energy, lots of energy. We've got to see so much of it play out over the years on different social platforms and things. So um, tell us about the show on YouTube and Facebook and kind of where you are with all that right now. Oh my goodness. So Initially, I was not signed up for this whole social sitcom that my husband was trying to tell me about. My sister is the one who told us about YouTube, having vlogs and people just vlogging their lives. And I'm like, why would anyone want to watch our life? But then when I really thought about it, I was like, man, my husband and I just in our relationship just have so many funny moments that happen. Then you add the kids to the mix. And then we just said, you know what? Let's just start creating videos around what it's like to be a millennial black couple living in Brooklyn, raising their boys. And there were so many serious, I guess, topics that we would address through jest in just funny videos, little skits that we'd perform, or we just like blog lifestyle stuff, you know, traveling with the kids. Like, how do you do travel with four boys in tow, you know, for vacation, for example? So people who have been watching us have really watched our children grow since our second son, Cairo, was about six months old. There was a viral video that was out um, on so many different platforms, and it was my husband just having a moment where he was venting with our six month old. And he was like, you know, my wife left the diapers out. I changed the baby's clothes. I fed the kids. Then the baby pooped and I left the car keys upstairs and I got to the car and it was raining. And I, I just want to go back to sleep at this point, you know? And when that moment happened, everyone was like, yeah, you better support your wife and you better never ask her again why she's late. Um, so from that moment, so many people were put on to the Ellis's. And from then we've just been creating content for people because it's, I feel like it's so relatable for so many people 
regardless of what your background is. Um, it's just really us having fun with our boys and sharing that with the world. And we enjoy doing it. And, you know, the kids have just been amazing sports about it. And we also know when to tap in and tap out. Like if the kids aren't with it in that moment, we're like, all right, we're not going to do it. So we respect, of course, their space and their desire to be on or off camera. So do the boys get recognized? Like, do they realize that they are famous? They do get recognized, even my son, because he's in middle school now. Sometimes he'll be like, yeah, my substitute science teacher said that she watches daddy's show, <laughs> like little things like that. Or my mom will be traveling with them sometimes without us. And she'll be like, yeah, we were in the airport, you know, at the gate and someone recognized Cairo and then looked over and they were like, oh, my God, it's all of Ellis boys. You know, so sometimes for me as a mama bear, that's a concern because, of course, safety is always my biggest thing and my biggest priority. So we've just adjusted and we've had to implement certain, you know, ways to make sure that everyone is safe, particularly when we're in public, um, you know, strategies for like posting when we've left places, things like that. So that's always at the forefront of my mind, especially if the children are going to be involved. Of course, because you're the mama bear, like you said. Um, quickly tell us about the podcast. You've got your own podcast. Yes, we do have our podcast. My husband and I have been doing for the past, I think, three years now. Kind of felt like a natural succession from having the videos and stuff that we did on YouTube, but we were really able to dive deep into so many topics, so many issues that people deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. And it didn't just cover relationship for us. We wanted to cover, you know, finance, um, intimacy within relationships, um, you know, childhood parenting. There was so many different things. So it's called Dead Ass with Kadena Deval. Um, it's pretty much available anywhere that you listen. And I'm, my most favorite thing to do with the podcast are our live shows. So we actually just came off of tour in uh, February. We were in Detroit, Chicago, Dallas, Houston, and LA. And it's a way for us to just get on stage and perform because we're both performers. We love to interact with the audience and people really get that experience to meet and greet us and have a really good time together. So the podcast has been probably one of my most favorite things to do. That is so fun. So what's next for the Ellis's? Like you've left no <sighs> stone unturned. I can't think of a, a platform you're not on. It's insane when I think about it. I just did an event um, where I was speaking to a group of young women at the University of Memphis and they read my bio and I was like, oh my goodness, I really do do all of that stuff, right? Like, so what's next? Um, so at this point, like for me as a mom and as a woman, um, I'm just trying to figure out what's next for me, right? Because with women and having children, a lot of times you feel like you have to start your career and then stop. So I went to school for broadcast journalism. I did entertainment reporting for a bit. Um, I'm ready to get back in front of the camera, um, probably do some more acting gigs, um, daytime TV, whatever the good Lord has in store for me. I am here for it. Um, we also have a travel show. We did a couple episodes with the boys, my husband and I. Um, it's available right now on Go USA, and we're thinking about making that a thing. So um, fingers crossed that things work out for that. Um, my husband is now filming a new film that'll be a Christmas movie coming out in 2024. Um, so yeah, there are a lot of fun things coming on. Maybe another book or two. Oh, I'm thinking... Yeah. From me alone, from hubby alone. Like, we'll see. I mean, the sky's the limit at this point, And we've just been so, so grateful for everyone's support. From New support. York Times bestselling author, Kadeen Ellis. I can see it Girl, now. I love that. You better yes. speak it. Let's manifest it. That's I right. That. All the good things Thank are coming you, to you. I can tell. It's been an absolute joy to have That's you here today. Where can we follow you on the socials? So on the socials, you can find me at Kadeen I am. You can find my husband, I am Deval, on Instagram as well. And then on YouTube, if you just search The Ellis's, you'll be able to find us there, our social sitcom, and follow our family and the boys and all that good stuff. Go USA has our travel show. Um, and then we're also on Patreon as well. So if you want extended 
footage of the live shows from our podcast, more family content, you can subscribe to our Patreon page as well. All right, that's a wrap for Mom to Mom today. If you liked what you heard, you can find so many more episodes like these. All you have to do is search Mom to Mom with Maria Sansone wherever you find your podcasts. And hey, if you happen to be in the New England area or you're New Englander, you can watch us on TV Mondays at 1130 a.m. on NBC 10 Boston. In the meantime, you can always find me on the socials, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the places. I'm at Maria Sansone. All right, that's a wrap for me and my new friend, Kadeen, today. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I'll see you back here next week on Mom to Mom. Mom.